Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gutierrez, Johns, back for Kennedy, trouble, Payton, Payton has got his second try. Oh, two tries in the 0-1 grand final. That's not bad going at all. He's a legend from the um, from the Cessnock Goanners. <laughs> 190 games for the Newcastle Knights. I've got to ask this question of him. Billy Peden is joining us now on Sports Day. Billy, or Bronco Billy, should I call you? <laughs> Why do all the great footballers for the Knights come out of Cessnock? Uh, it must be something in the water up there, mate. It's uh, that Goanna liquid. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it might be that my old man owned the pub up there and they all used to drink at the pub. That'll do. A strong region, wasn't it, Bill, growing <laughs> up? I mean, you got Cessnock and uh, Curry Curry, which has produced a lot of um, internationals and state of origin players over the years. It's always been a really strong competition around the, the Hunter, hasn't it? It has, Sats, and obviously, as you know, uh, John played for, for Curry as a younger man and you know, it's uh, it's sort of bred into people up there, and and even if you go a little bit sort of further inland at Singleton, the Group Twenty One competition was always quite strong too. So, um, yeah, it's always been a great group breeding ground for for young players up there, and you know, I think everyone's really proud of being from that area and the the strength of their rugby league team. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a big sort of uh, a pride thing up there. Singleton Greyhounds, isn't it, Bill? Is it uh, who was the who were the um, the biggest rivals for Cessnock when you were coming through the grades there? Well, it was, yeah, it was definitely Curry. You know, um, you know, there was a, the, the old saying: if anyone was injured when we played Curry, they had Curry artists because they were scared <laughs> of, of what more, the fireworks might happen. So you, you never wanted to be labelled to be having Curry artists. But uh, yeah, that was that was the local derby. And and you know, when I was growing up, it was it was, it was violent. You know, it was a really violent game. And you know, everyone everyone loved it, and um, you know, it was just uh, it was very tribal, and I, I suppose that's why that's why people loved it. You know, they got behind their team and their town, and and they got to so hopefully get one over their neighbours. Which um, you know, probably when I was coming through, we we struggled a little bit. We we lost a lot of senior players, so we often ended up on the wrong side of the scoreline. But um, they were always uh, tough and competitive games. Two of your very close mates and former teammates, of course, of Maddie and Andrew, have come from Cessnock as well. You're a little bit older than, a fraction older than Maddie, and another couple of your year older than than Joey. Did still being older than? Did you have much to do with them growing up, or did you just hear about these these two layers coming through? Yeah, two layers of wonder kids or whatever. But um, you know, I'm a little bit older than Maddie, and and, and probably four years older than Joey, but. Um, you know, our fathers were good friends and, you know, Gaz worked in the pits out, out at Cessnock and he drank at Dad's pub and and um, and we knew Gail as well, their, their mum. So it was, uh, you know, I've sort of known them pretty much since as long as I can remember. So, you know, we always used to play backyard footy in the backyard of the pub and, and the backyard of the Johnses and over at the tech field. So, um, yeah, it was a, we were a pretty sort of close sort of knit community back then and, yeah, obviously... I didn't get the opportunity at the Knights till a little bit later, but you know I was 
it's sort of, Maddie and Jay sort of, well, probably Maddie more so, um, created a pathway and showed us that, and showed other people from Cessnock that it was actually possible to get to the, to the uh, what, what was the the Winfield Cup back then, and you know the the NRL, and actually play for a Sydney club from your hometown. So it was uh, he was a bit of a trailblazer in that regard, and sort of everyone looked up to him for that. Yeah, exceptional player mm. he was, mate. He's so smart. Now, being a, like a kid that's owned pubs and lived in the pubs, I was the same ever since I was about six or seven. Bill and, and the pubs back in those days, there was a pub on every corner, wasn't there? In little country towns, what what's fun, what's some of your fondest memories from being a a pub kid? Well, there's quite a few. There's some that you probably can't talk about, yeah. but there's others that uh, <laughs> you know. Growing up in the pub, particularly as a, a, a young kid, you know, like going to primary school, I I, I got my dad finally relented and got me a racing bike one day, and and um. On a on a Thursday night, him and his mates used to get into get into the juice after closing time and all that sort of stuff. And they used to shut the pub and they'd have races around the inside of the pub with my racing bike. So they used to let the tyres down so that, that they could grip going around the corners inside the inside on the carpet inside, so they wouldn't go crashing through the window. So I wake up one Friday morning trying to get ready to go to school, and I, and I went in up in the back room to get my bike out, and the wheels were buckled, the steel, the, the handlebars were all broken. I come in and said, "Dad, someone's tried to pinch me bike." And thought he said, "Listen, son, be quiet. Don't tell your mother. It'll be fixed this afternoon." <laughs> so then, you know, it, it was a it was a series of stuff like that. You know, it was uh, it was it was quite uh, it was quite an amusing childhood, put it that way. Yeah. Hey, Billy, you were part of the glory days of the Knights, yeah, the premierships in 97 and 01. What was it about the squad that, that made you so successful? Oh, look, I think I think we just loved the game and it was just one of those, um, I suppose it was a bit organic. We just grew up with it. so And we grew as a team and, and you know, knowing each other. Um, I think, you know, we had some great leaders in, in Malcolm Reilly and Paul Harrigan and and Tony Butterfield, our, our experienced players were were you know top top shelf, and you know you have blokes like Mark Sargent who just retired before '97, you know. So there was a there was a really good base of, of competitiveness and and this expectation of excellence, you know. That, you know this you know if missing a line by a little bit at training just wasn't acceptable, you know. So um, that everything just had to be done well, and I think that. That set us in good stead, and then obviously, you know, you get the got the eighth immortal playing at halfback, and and, and Matty at five eight, and, you know, big chief thundering through, and you know him and him and Spud going at each other. So, you know, it was a it was a good time to be playing footy. You know, it was, um, you know, there was the rules were a little bit more um, relaxed, and and um, the wrestle probably wasn't as much, so it probably wasn't as stifling. You know, so we could, there was a there was a bit bit more footy to be played. So. Um, we, we, I think it was just, uh, like I say, just a lucky period where it was a bit of a perfect storm of, of everyone matching in. And, you know, we were all local juniors, so we were very, well, not all, we were probably 80% local juniors. So, you know, we were very passionate about the area and the team. So it was, um, and, you know, 97 was a very hard year for Newcastle. The BHP mm. had just shut down. They had very few positives right. to, to take out of that year, you know. So um, their football team being, being a, a shining light was sort of probably what kept people going to work on a Monday morning, you know, or, or, or for people that had lost work, giving them something to cheer about on the weekend, you know. So yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty pivotal time and within the game as well. 
Still one of my favorite, probably if not my favorite grand final of all time to watch that one. I remember where I was exactly at that grand final, that, that big moment at the end of the game. You mentioned Mal really, who has had such a positive influence on so many people, Bill. And in that grand final, he was a coach in 97. What's the story where he was always so competitive? You keep hearing about competitive stories. You, you guys were sparring one day. Was it Steve Crow, one of your former front rowers, is in that side that he sparred with the coach and... And got a he got a lesson, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did get a bit of a lesson. It was um, it started off as a bit of a joke. We were all we, I think we were just at a boxing gym in town there, and and we were just doing a bit of bit of work. And Crowy was as Crowy is, he, he doesn't lack one little bit of confidence, so he was talking himself up. And and then he just, for whatever reason, Mal had a great reputation for back in the day as a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a knuckle man and could handle himself. So Crowy started calling him on and. I don't think anyone actually thought anything was going to happen. But then Mal said, yeah, yeah, right, we'll have a bit of a spar, you know, nothing feeding or anything. So they went out and got some gloves on and got the headgears on and Big Chief got in the middle and, and was the ref and it started off a little bit all fancy. And I think, and then Crowey's put one on Mal's nose and he just uh, just opened the cage of the big lion to get out, poked the lion and the lion went berserk and started bashing the, bashing the bejesus out of Crowey and Crowey was doing his best to stay alive and, and uh, Big Chief had to jump in the middle of it and, and hose it all down. So oh. it, uh, it, it, it did end up pretty fiery. And, you know, and I suppose that you get the Johns boys were there, so they ended up making a video afterwards, <laughs> making the, the big fight promotion and all that sort of stuff. And I think he got played at the end of season, the end of season presentation night. I always talk to players or former players, Bill, and I say you're sitting in the grand uh, in the dressing sheds, those flooded ones that you guys used to always flood for the opposition sides um, at Marathon, and you look across the dressing shed and you see one player that you just you can't wait to go to battle with them, or you just know that everything's going to be okay. And you mentioned you've mentioned Chief Harrigan on a number of occasions. Was he the sort of guy that just you just loved rolling the sleeves up and being in the trenches with? Yeah, definitely. You know, Chief was that man. There, there was quite a few. You know, like we had we had a pretty good forward pack back then. So, you know, as a smaller forward, it was always nice knowing those blokes were there. But um, you know, you used to look at Chief, and he was like our big big brother. You know, if someone picked on one of us, they they got him as well. You know, and and then I remember occasions if if someone had a crack at Chief, they got all seventeen of us. You know, so that was um, and he had a, he had a big saying as if they pull a cat's tail, I'll get the whole cat. You know, so that was. Um, <laughs> You know, that, that that was always good to know that Chief was there. But then you had, you know, you know look at Tony Butterfield and, and um, you know, Adam Muir, Ben Kennedy at times, you know. Those sort of blokes, you look across the room and, and you know you're in good hands because you know that you're prepared to bleed for them and, and they're just as prepared to bleed for you and they'll go through whatever it takes to, to win a game and, and, and do what has to be done to both win the game and be be your mate as well. And, and I think that's important, you know, that, that a lot of people within the professional side of the game now, they talk about professionalism and all that sort of thing too, but the bonds that you you make through rugby league and, and it helps when when you are that team that are down by a point or in front by a point with very little to go, sometimes it is mateship that gets you home, you know. It's it's not the professionalism, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's the little things, it's that little bit of emotion and, you know, obviously... At times, it's you try and take emotion out of it, but but there's other times when when you need some, you know. So it's um, it's always nice to look across the shed and see see a chief or a Ben Kennedy or a Tony Butterfield. That's for sure. Gee, must give you confidence. We've got uh, Knights legend Billy Peden with us 
on Sports Day. Billy, let's fast forward now. The Knights have been below par for a while. Uh, what does the current group of players have to get right in 2023 to become successful? I think I think 2023 is going to be a pretty pivotal year for the boys. It's um, you know that old saying on the ads. It's it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Mm. I think um, I think that sort of rings true. You know, we've we've recruited well. You know, we got you know you got Heavington, Elliot, Hastings, Gamble. You know, we've we've brought some some good quality players into the squad. We can't afford to have too many injuries, and and also we've got the the X factor of Kalen trying to to learn to play five eight rather than fullback. So I think. I think we have to be patient the first sort of half a dozen games till the boys get to learn to play with each other and play how and learn how each other play and and to get the best of the combinations. But uh, look, I think it will be a successful year. I, uh, I think the big one for us is injuries. If we get too many injuries, it, it, it might make it a tough year. Kalen at six is going to be interesting. Mm. I'm actually looking forward to watching him play. He plays like a five eighth anyway, so I'm really looking forward to him now. Are you part of the training group, Bill? The famous morning training group with his Badiris and Hughes and I think Chiefs part. Are you part of that group? Yeah, mate. Yeah, there's a few of us there. Um, Kurt Gidley. Kurt, Kurt sort of is the real driver of it. And uh, yeah, Chief gets gets there when he can. And, and most of the boys will try and do a couple of days. Steve Crow, we try and do a couple of days a week. Jared O'Doherty. Um, yeah, and we sort of masquerade as a training group. We don't really think train that hard, but. Um, well, like Kurt, Kurt and Danny do, and the rest of us try, just try and keep up. <laughs> but uh, I think it's more so about, more about the coffee at the end and the, the debrief, and and uh, and sort of not to underestimate the the benefits for mental health in that regard as well. Mm. You know, if anyone, if it's it's sort of tremendous for us to get, have that conversation two or three times a week, and and still feel that you're still part of something. So, you know, you know, we've heard heard stories of of you know people with poor mental health and. You know the suicides that have happened within the game, and I think, I think we need to maintain those relationships and keep that sort of keep that brotherhood within within the the community and the retired community to to help with people's mental health. You know. Yeah. Good now, point. Now, for those before we let you go, for those who don't realise, of course, Billy Peden just missed out on a uh, on an Oscar uh, for being an extra in a 1988 movie uh, with Yahoo series called Young. Einstein, Billy, unlucky. Uh, have you made any more films since? I, I haven't made it, but I am a little bit dirty that uh, Yahoo series got the top billing in that one. My three <laughs> seconds was outstanding. <laughs> what are you doing for it? What, uh, what, what are you doing nowadays? Mate, I, I work over at the coal loader at Newcastle. So, um, yeah, I work on the on the harbour and, yeah, it's... Uh, a bit of shift work here and there, but it's uh, it's a it's a good job, and you know we uh, we get to take the, or well, I suppose we handle the coal from from the Hunter Valley, and it goes you know throughout the the rest of the world. So it's a uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically what I do with myself nowadays. We've got a lot of listeners, don't we, in, in the Absolutely. Hunter region that uh, listen to us every night and through two HD, yeah. yeah. Uh, mate, great to chat to you. Those those old stories of growing up in Cessnock and. Uh, having the old man trash your bike in the pub—that's terrific. And isn't it amazing? We're all—they were all scared of mum. Dads weren't they yeah. when we were growing up? Mm. So mum ruled the roost. Billy, it's been a w- wonderful time talking to you tonight. Good luck to your nights in 2023, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon on Sports Day. Absolutely. Thanks for the chat, Jason. So-